JPEG Junkies. This is your host, Frank White. We've got a great episode for you today. We talked to my good friend, Ruthless, as he's known on Twitter. That's R-O-O-T-H-L-U-S, Ruthless. And if you're wondering where he got that name from, he got it from being a Ruthless card shark as a professional poker player. Now, Ruthless started out in live poker, and according to a poker database, he has 2.9 million in live earnings. So he's not a bad player. But we learn how he went from playing Magic the Gathering to playing live poker to playing online poker, finally, to being full-time in NFTs. He's now a full-time NFT trader and consultant. Um, And it is a really interesting, wide-ranging conversation with some great stories about playing with celebrities to the Black Friday of online poker. And as a quick disclaimer, we had some technical difficulties, so we we are going to be dropping you right into the middle of the conversation with Ruthless. This is a great podcast. I think you'll definitely learn something about NFTs or poker from this. And without further ado, let's jump in with Ruthless. Okay. We are, we're rolling again. Uh, <laughs> we talk This is the podcast of technical difficulties today, and, and I, we love to see it. It's all just lined up for you, Ruthless. <laughs> there you go. Um... So what were we talking about? Poker? You said, uh, yeah, you, like we were talking about the pandemic and like the effect of that. Oh, yeah. I, I gave poker like a real shot for the first three months of the pandemic because it was like, what else am I going to do? I played online and there's like one website you can kind of play on um, that is like just uh, it operates in the gray area. It's not necessarily legal. If the Department of Justice ever decides to kick it out, um, it oh. has, it care. <laughs> All right, DOJ listeners, all right, relax. Don't don't hey, come after you, my man, Ruthless. No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> do you um do you know, guys know about the? I, I we don't have to spend too much time on this, but this is very important and kind of mm-hmm. vital. So in 2011, we dub it Black Friday, not like Thanksgiving. Um, basically. Tax day, 2011, April 15th. I was actually walking into Coachella. Like, just like, it was like an iconic moment. Like, I'm, I'm in, living in LA, living the dream, poker, whatever. And I get a call from my brother. who's just like, yeah. The Department of Justice has seized three of the poker websites from ever, like, operating in America. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We're, we're trying to get here. JPEG junkies having some technical difficulties. But we were just talking to Ruthless about Black Friday in 2011. So you're walking into Coachella and three of the online poker websites get seized by the DOJ. Is that correct? Yes, this is the this is true. Um, and uh, my brother's just like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to enjoy this weekend um, and then figure it out. Because it kind of feels like it is like the moment of like, all right, like this is the next step of the rest of your life. Um because after that, I had to travel outside of the country just to play poker online. Really? So that's when things got kind of interesting. And, so and did you wild. go down south? or? Uh, I went to Playa del Carmen, went to Vancouver, went to Toronto, Montreal, uh, Europe, a bunch of st- uh, countries there. And uh, it was just like a routine thing. And it was kind of like a blur. It was like four to five years of just me being like, because it's weird. Like when I'm playing, you know, living in L.A., like on West Coast time zone was perfect. You get to play a tournament, whatever it ends. You can still go out and enjoy like, you know, just a nice city. Um, but once you start traveling and incurring all those expenses, it becomes a lot tougher. 
to actually like be profitable. And then also you have to be in the right mindset. And I wasn't because clearly that affected me and didn't really know how to like, like emotionally comprehend it. Um, so that's kind of why there's only one website that even really, there's a few that operate in the gray area, but the iron ironic thing is like a few weeks after department of justice went in, they were like, well, online poker technically isn't league illegal. You just, it just needs to be regulated state yeah. by state. So then when I see like, like bar stools, like video casino or whatever, like, how is that legal then? Well, that's different. That's just a sports book. Um, okay. And there, and there are, that's only in the States that are, are regulated. Like a, uh, I think um, New Jersey, New Jersey has some online poker sites, Pennsylvania, has some online poker sites, you know, and, and they also have casinos that are opening and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so that's kind of it. And that's why sometimes I get worried about um, crypto, you know, every year when tax day rolls around, I'm like, like maybe like hopefully the Department of Justice doesn't do something sketch today and just decides to seize like Coinbase or whatever it is. Yeah. But Luckily, the difference is, is that so online poker was funneling all this money outside of America and they weren't really tapping them in um, like the to the government, whereas at least crypto is helping. Right. You know, they yeah. at least see something that it will help. OK, so I'm going to I'm going to re-narrate because I'm not sure how much we captured of everything. So you're. <laughs> You're playing poker online. Wow, there's two of DJ now. <laughs> Guys, we're having the greatest uh, podcast. All right, and we're back again. Uh, I, I think we're going to just jump forward now. We've been talking about poker and learning about the legalization of online sports betting, which is a great segue into the NFT market. So, Hashtag I, legal, hashtag not legal. Who knows, sir? <laughs> I'd love to hear. Uh, I, I just tell the story about you you starting in NFTs because it's it's really good. Okay, so um, basically, I did that crypto podcast, um, and we covered, and I was around at least for Crypto Kitties. Um, we covered NBA Top Shot. I covered it because I was the guy who would always pick out like five fun stories, and I literally all I had to do was just put my email into top shot or whatever like dapper labs like hey notify me when something's going on and i just didn't do that so i didn't get on beta and whoever got on nba top shot beta that's like dingling or so like some dudes like that like pranksy or like whale shark shout um, out pranksy yeah but like so that's that was that was cool i knew when i heard about nfts to me that was like oh this is my lane like i want to be a part of this like, yeah, CryptoKitties was kind of useless. Um, but when I understood that NFTs could actually um, integrate into games at some point, um, that's when I got really excited. Uh, but that obviously in 2018, we all thought that was like the year. I don't know if you guys were in crypto then, but it was like the year of gaming for like crypto gaming. And it couldn't have been far off. <laughs> we were... Um farther you we were in college losing money on icos around then i would say we all were i, I wasn't in college but um, i was putting money into ethereum and then came back in 20 what 20 with a nice little balance from the dip so i was chilling 
Nice. There you go. <laughs> we all aren't that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so but, NBA yeah. Top Shot, when you talk about the beta, that was that long ago? That was 2000. Well, it started in like 2009 or 2020, I think. Okay. Might have been as early as 2019, but like that's probably was like alpha or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, they definitely were, were operating kind of uh, quietly, I think, in 2020. And then uh, a funny thing happened where I don't know, maybe you've come across CSU Ram, um, Peter Jennings. He is the, one of the guys who started like Lucky Trader. And. Um, he made a so the day that James Harden made a trade uh, or sorry uh, was traded to the Nets, he bought an eight thousand um, dollar NBA Top Shot, and I'm not like I, I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at uh, like I seem to get in I'm an early adopter so I and I'll spot some trends here and there, but there's certain signals that if I see that. And I like, I like ask myself in the moment, like, like basically I was like, wait a minute. I think Peter Jennings is pretty sharp. Generally anything he talks about is like, ends up being like a good move. He just bought an $8,000 picture. What the fuck is this? And then I looked into it, started buying some top shot packs. You could buy 10 a pop then for like $8. And I was just sitting there being like, I opened like two lamellos. Like in my first three packs or something, the rookie, the first moment, those are worth like $700 now. I think they're at like 4K at one point. But like that just like, I, I could have just been sitting there like being like more, more, more. But because it's like the paradox of hype, um, which if you hype something up too much and there's too many people taking like, like getting into it. So then like it's no longer hype. So it's like you, but you also want to share it with your homies, but then they want to share it with their homies. So kind of just, it's kind of how like NFTs work sometimes. Um, but so after that, like, and we all got rugged in uh top shot, Zed run kind of happened. And so I think like one of my best traits and I really have to, um, I've really tried to like calm down a bit with it is I love clicking buttons. It's like my poker, you know, I just love, I love like playing tor- online poker because it's just fun to like, play poker online and click buttons and watch your money kind of move and stuff like that. And sometimes that's a detriment because maybe I'm clicking too much. You know, I, I sometimes I would be like, all right, I need a day off. Were you um, watching for that people? carpal tunnel, bro? Oh yeah. yeah for <laughs> sure. Um, so then um, I saw Zed run and I missed like one of some of the top shot guys were getting in it and I missed the first um, drop that they had. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't the first one. It was like the first one that like the Top Shot guys had picked up on it. And the second one, it was Friday night. I'm telling my friends in this chat, like, dude, guys, we have to get in. You guys love ponies. They just love horses. You know, they love going to the track and betting on, betting on them. No one got in. I'm just sitting there clicking buttons like because apparently the way that the drop was working was you just had to free refresh hundreds of times to even get a free horse. Like or not a free one, but a horse that was available to be bought. And I just sat there with like five Ethereum total and put four of it in on two horses, just being like, I hope this works. <laughs> you know, Like, obviously you have different investments and stuff, but that was like all I had like liquid at the time. And I was just like, yeah, like, let's just go for this and my friends will get in. And then they saw it. 
the guy who loves the horses the most was like, this is the best thing ever because you can gamble on it and you can breed them. And they couldn't breed then. But so that happens. My friends get in the um, they We kind of like just started like doing it together. And then the next drop, we all expected the whales to be in on this. So we all had our money like pooled together, ready to go. The whales weren't in. So what ended up happening was we just got like 80, 90 horses. Like all And what at, was this what was this drop? That was like March or April. Yeah. Um I was in and then like I think we got like ten like it was maybe of twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, and it was like we had like ten Z one horses and like fifteen like Z twos and Z ones are like there's only one thousand in the game. They're the Genesis horses. They're done with Genesis horses pretty much. And like those are like the rarest asset, I think. And that's awesome. I was in like a Ralph's parking lot, which is like a supermarket, tethering to my phone because I was on the way to like like a like a uh, Palm Springs for like a weekend, you know. And I'm just like clicking buttons in my my car, <laughs> trying to like, get this to go through. And after that, like I so. I think like I'm a big team guy also. Like I love just like the camaraderie of it. Um, and if once those guys got in and it was like me and another friend were like, dude, NFTs are going to be bigger than DeFi. They're going to be bigger than DeFi. And everyone was just like, dude, laughing me out of the fucking like group chat you know, constantly. And then me and this one guy, we're just talking back and forth over and over. And eventually like they saw it after this. And then that's when things started rolling. And then like my friend found Bored Apes um, and I got in on a couple, but I only have like half of one now. Um, <laughs> hey, but, that's, still, that's still half a bag. Yeah, it is. And then, but from there, you know, like uh, we spotted Artifact really early. Um, that was like actually one of the first things because like it's, it was so much easier to do research then. And you could, cause like, you could, I, I don't even know how to research now. You know, I would used to go on Twitter and just do Ugh. funny like hashtags, Dude. you know, like, like I even yeah. did the NFT hashtag, you know, if you look before 2017 or some shit, maybe 2018, it was actually just a marijuana like thing. I don't even know. It's like a, it's a <laughs> really? type of marijuana. Like the hashtag. Yeah. The hashtag. Like the strain of marijuana. It probably was. It, it, I think it's like a device or something. Like, I don't really remember, but. It was like, so I did one of those advanced searches, which sometimes are super sick. Like if you're just like, I did advanced search for the hashtag NFT, like before 2018 and tried to find where things kind of started, where crypto kitties kind of happened and stuff. And I found some interesting things, you know, and, um, but I just thought it was hilarious that that was a marijuana, um, like uh, abbreviation or something. Yeah. That. that happens to me. Sometimes I'll be looking up like a hashtag or like with crypto, like a cash tag, like so people may yeah. not know this. If you're looking up like a DeFi token, like a yeah. crypto token, you put the dollar sign in front of it. And that's like their ticker pretty much. And it'll search that on, on, on Twitter. Uh, but so anyways, sometimes I'll do searches like you're talking about. And it'll just pull like some tweet from like 2009 or something where someone like misspelled something or was like just rambling crazy stuff and happened to type in the name of like a token. And it just always blows my mind. <laughs> I'm I'm still stuck on the fact that Ruthless said, "Hey, I'm only liquid about five ETH right now. I'm gonna spend four of that on some horses <laughs> that I've never 
that I've never heard of any, anything about, but you know, they look cool. So fuck it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to take the leap. Cause also I knew that my friends that they would want some and they would pay me back if they saw it. And I knew that they would see it eventually, but they were, it was like, they're, they're on the East coast. I'm on the West coast. It's, it was a drop at like 12 AM Friday night. Like they're out, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a gamble that they would look into it. Um, we are rolling now. Welcome back, everyone. This would be a good time for a commercial break. I think we'll put our DJ, put our first sponsor in here, a little mid-roll. Sponsored by Weed NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ruthless, uh, you're, you're talking about Artifact, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of one of the first NFT things that I found once, because once I started exploring and stuff, I was like, what is this? You know, cause mm-hmm. on, there, what's up? I, I just wanted to ask, like, when did you get lots of Twitter followers at what stage in this? Was this from your poker days? Oh, your crypto poker days? days? I was like, okay. I've, I've actually been, or I was actually losing followers um, before NFTs. Like before, because I just like, you know, after a while, I'm like, I'm not really in poker, but also, you know, like I just tweet about stuff that's not really poker related, but occasionally is. And just like, I don't know. It's just like it was a, you know, kind of a weird, weird time. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm just, I don't know. Twitter is, is a weird uh, platform because you basically if you want to keep it consistent and you like tweet like four times a day about the exact same thing over and over, yeah. like maybe you'll build a following or something. Yeah. So what was it like changing like your your Twitter brand? Like jumping into a new like different like world on Twitter. There was some flack initially from like the poker side. They'd be huh. like like I don't understand what you're doing, but then I was like explaining it to them and going in length and like oh like cuz I was so pumped about it. They were kind of like curious enough to ask questions and then that's kind of like how I started, I started helping a lot of people last year, like to the point where um, time became money. Like in, in poker, you generally, you play poker, you like play a tournament or when you're playing like, like whatever, just cash games, poker, the month, the time is very relevant, you know, like that you're spending doing that. And, and, but it's all devoted to that. So when you're not playing poker, time doesn't really like, matter as much because you just made so much money in the other you know like like if i if i like win a tournament for 300k or whatever in five days you know i feel like in a sense i'm kind of like hacking that you know um where it's like all right like i I can just fuck off for a couple weeks now (laughs) yeah it's facts yeah but like obviously that doesn't that doesn't happen all the time it's not easy that's like what we dream about um but uh with nfts last year friends were hitting me up and they'd be like hey what like nft should i buy this one and they'd show me one that was like some early instagram one that just somehow didn't get banned and it was like a hundred percent a rug and i'm like no you know and at some point i'm like i'm not the nft guy anymore like i i'm here for if you have legitimate questions and you want to learn but it just became you know like but that was just because i was early in it like transition where i was like poker up oh, wait now i like top shot and zed run and artifact and all these things and now i have an ape as a pfp yeah so, let's let's dive back into um 
your like discovery of artifacts. I'm curious. Of- DJ's like pump my bags. <laughs> I mean, man. So that when I was doing like the kind of hashtag searches and stuff, um, I found, I also like kind of went on Instagram to, to like look into a little bit and dude, I still like, obviously you, like I, you goes maybe not in the best of, uh, you know, right now their sentiment isn't as good, but they're still pretty fucking sick to me. Like yeah. and stuff like they've really, you know, and, um, but I kind of think that artifact has always been like the best team in my eyes. Because they've been so ahead of the curve. I think um, apes have been playing catch up because they just kind of like unexpectedly, you know, lightning in a bottle. Um, And they've been doing great. But 2000, I'd say like February freaking of 2021, they had the artifact like AR stuff going on. So they were some and, and wow, twenty twenty one. Wow, you scroll back like to the Instagram or something like they had the shoes that were like the prototypes of the crypto kicks that now exist. They had those and they were doing with AR filters. Oh, I saw that that video on Twitch. I mean, not on yeah. Twitch, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and like I was like, I don't know. Like, I it was hard for me to be like, how is this NFTs? Are these NFTs? But like. If they're trying to do NFT shit, like I give take my money because yeah. what they were doing was so ahead and it, it was looked so freaking cool. Like I it's funny cuz I'm like nearly 40 now, like kind of like look like a dad and like but like I I love like what looks I I love like cool shit. And like uh like when I see it, I feel like I'm just like that's it, you know, and just like it's just for them it just popped. They hit it so well. And then they did the space capsules. Oh, before that, they had the artifact um, sandbox shoes. And um, yeah, they were giving one away for um, the it was like one of 50 it was on rareable. And they're giving and, and whoever bought the first one got like the like special edition one. And then that special edition one gave me three vials like six oh my god I'm, I'm gonna throw up <laughs> wow I'm gonna throw up. yeah we bought the space strips and stuff it was actually uh an so artist for people who don't know the those vials are worth 28 eth right now yeah and That's you got three right. of them for free they were like yeah. 50 like once uh the murakami was pumping like what two months ago so that's 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 a bag yeah so um but like I, I got the space strips and that was kind of an okay uh, drop, I'd say. But, you know, the art was cool. And then those were, you know, I don't know. Just everything that Artifact's done has just been very um, thought out and next level. And I think every project has some FUD because like always like during, like during the Clone X drop, people were like, oh, well, they're giving like too much to their, you know, their team and this and that and friends. And it's like, Dude, like this, like I don't know. This shit like gets me. It's hard for me to articulate it on Twitter, but yeah. man, it just really fires me up how spoiled and and kind of like entitled people can be about this stuff. Like, dude, yeah. like a like no team is perfect. Also, one year ago, we were dealing with gas wars on the right. Do you remember Fuck Render when his his crystals came out? It was literally yeah. like two point five ETH for one or something. Yeah, and no one got it, and you had to buy in secondary for it. Or like cyber kongs or there's just like gas wars were the norm 
Yeah. Even like, uh, what's that project that I loved? Oh, Koala Intelligence Agency. That wasn't even that long ago. And that drops by gas to like one eighth. So it's like, people are too spoiled by this whitelist well, crap. And I hate the whitelist yeah. shit. I oh, really God. do hate it. You guys, you, guys uh, you know The Wire, right? Yeah. The game is the game. Like Exactly. It's just like, exactly. you just gotta it, it, like, do it. It used to be mints weren't like point. They weren't like a negligible amount of ETH. It used to be you had to like actually pony up some ETH if you wanted to buy a project. Yeah. And I think when that changed, it was just kind of a race to the bottom. Yeah. And, and it's, it's tough because like uh, when you try. So I read a few threads and there was a lot that was just like, this was planned attack, you know, like or planned for the L1s or whatever. And personally, I just think it was like they had to fire out some tweets. They were emotional. They probably didn't realize that people were that mad or that fired up. And they just threw out like an L1 comment that was like to the Dow. Like the Dow still has to vote on. This. And you're talking about Yuga right now. Yeah, I'm talking about specifically about Yuga. Okay, so for of- folks at home who don't know, the Bored Apes released their Metaverse Land NFTs. The other side. It's called yeah. the other side. And it, the the ETH chain gas prices went really high and people ended up having to spend like $6,000 just in transaction fees. And people thought it was a little unfair uh, for people who are like newer to crypto. And and they tweeted what, what happened is Yuga Labs, the creator of big tweeted out this kind of semi apology, but kind of saying, well, we hope that our DAO group, the people who own our tokens create their own cryptocurrency like chain uh, for drops in the future because clearly Ethereum can't handle it. And so what Ruthless is talking about is now people are conspiracy theorists saying that they did this on purpose so that they could make their own chain separate from ETH. They they, they sabotage their own drop on purpose. But, $4 billion but, company. To be fair, right? Like it's one thing to complain about drops like uh, Pixelmon was complained about for the Ducks auction. You know, like CloneX was also complained about for stopping the Ducks auction, lowering the price, and then doing it again, uh, which I got in at two instead of three. So nice. thank you for doing you that. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I got one too. Um, but it's another thing to complain about losing literally $10,000 in gas just to not even buy the thing, right? Yeah, like that's it so was the failed transaction fees that were getting people really, really worked up. Yeah, which at least they're going to give back. Um, but it, and but the threads that I was kind of talking about, unfortunately, on Twitter, the way the algorithm works, they just get buried. Like, and then the good ones that are just getting the clicks of like, oh yeah, they definitely meant this. And it's like, okay, like, listen, if they did, it's proven that they did. Then I will eat my words, whatever. But there was like multiple reasons why they had to do um, the what things the way they did. Like, apparently, the seven twenty one A token would not have worked to make it so that. The ten thousand apes at the like one through ten thousand IDs could just purchase their their IDs in that moment. Okay. So like there were there were certain like reasons, and it was like if you do a Dutch auction, like what happens at like the rung that like it starts at six ETH and then it gets to two ETH or one point five ETH or whatever in ape, like there's gonna be a massive gas war. Imagine a Dutch auction with fifty thousand people all cramming that may have actually been worse um and uh so vitalik also came out and said like there really wasn't a good way to do this and ultimately it does suck that all that gas was spent like it's not i'm not very happy about it but like it was the biggest 
transaction in the history of Ethereum. Like, yeah. sometimes we got to put these in, or the, like, the biggest like log jam in it. it we got to put that in perspective, dude. Like, is like fifty five thousand um, NFTs just everyone jamming in? Probably like seventy k people at once or whatever. Like, it, it's almost. I mean, it's it's just crazy. So. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, I guess that was just kind of like my rant that was building up for a while. Well, but... and so to go off that, my contrarian take here is, you know, people who say that the drop was inefficient or whatever, definitely parts are inefficient. But in what other marketplace or system can you use in the world to fairly allocate 75,000 things to anyone? You know, how how else could you imagine trying to do that? In real life, life or, or, or with Google, like or Google Forms. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the raffle with um, Murakami? They got yeah, the yeah. There oh. were like three million people. They had give me a break. Tweet. I like, thought that was such a dumb mistake for them to tweet out. <laughs> we're so excited. We had two million people sign up because there's no way there's two million people signing up. No, it's I disagree. Fifty thousand people. There definitely were. Really He's that big? Like I had, okay. I had um random friends that have never that maybe they purchased one nft ever or zero being like oh i got in that uh murakami drop or the the raffle i gotta try you know and like because like huh? he he transcends like like every like uh culture i think you know you got yes. on kanye's album and shit a decade 15 years ago yeah the, the craziest thing i'm at work today right and i'm talking to you one of my like senior managers like has has no idea what NFTs are, and I'm just explaining because uh, there's like a clone meetup for like Murakami next week, and I'm just explaining I'm trying to get an event ticket, and she's like, "Oh, Murakami!" She's like, "I heard of him," and then she brings over her phone, and she has pictures of an exhibit she went to like ten years ago in Paris, and she's like, "Oh my yeah. god, I love this! I love this guy!" And I'm like, "Wow, this is actually crazy!" Like. Yeah, he is. He is probably one of the biggest art, probably like top five biggest artists in the world, um, uh, on that level. So, but the think, of, but but uh, Frank, just think about sorting through the two million raffle winners. You have to then like somehow put in. I don't even know what they did, but it, I feel like it took them like weeks. They were like, "Sorry, there was more than we expected <laughs> <laughs> for like ten thousand spots." I can't imagine managing that. How stressful it would be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, we don't, we, we, it's, this space is still early. Like even the fair auctions, I don't know if you've seen like the meta drop stuff, like with Anada and like Wasis. Oh yeah. Well, so the Anada one, and I love all the guys at Anada, but it, it seemed like, wasn't there one mechanic that was a little weird about the drop? Oh, uh, that you could see what place you were in for bidding. Well, I thought that was, was weird. For, um, Wasis also, that's like a fair auction or whatever. Okay. Like, okay. It it ended up being five ETH. Like, was the average uh like bid they in order to get one? Like, the top two thousand was like five ETH. It seems to go yeah. against everything you know about like macroeconomics, right? <laughs> like so now it's got like two ETH or something is what the floor is. It kind of like yeah. takes out all the like secondary hype almost. It's weird. Yeah. Huh. So. I'm a big I'm a big fan of I forgot what Doug's auction, but it's a kind of Doug's auction where you like everyone bids normal like a Doug's auction, the price goes down, but anyone who uh, 
bid in and bought at the higher prices gets refunded whatever the ending price is, like the difference. That's what I think. That, did. I think how, that's a like fair Dutch auction. Yeah, yeah. How did that work? Do you know? Yeah, no, it was it, well. That just sold out. It, there, there was no run. Yeah. <laughs> but Aku did it, and I bought at three point two ETH, and it minted out at two point one ETH. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a plane, so I was just like, "Fuck even yeah. get because I knew they were going to do this. So I got one point one ETH back. That's awesome. It's great, you know. But those feel like I, I don't know. There's just like no good structure, and maybe someone's just some giga brains just got to figure out a new one. I don't know. You know, we're going through all the structures, and it's like if that happens, people are just going to mint out at the top rung, and then like, yeah, that's of- that's fair. And it's like, so that would happen. Imagine, so with the KYC wallets, like, I don't know, do you do max two, I guess, per wallet? And then I, it's just, and then like, what What if someone just like keeps like, they just bid like all the whales just get in at the highest rung or whatever. And now you're like, cool. Like, I, I, I don't know how it works, but it's just, there just was no good answer, I think. Yeah. I used to think parallel arts, not parallel arts. Uh, what's that? project that we we love frank with the with the cars parallel yeah yeah i used to think that they had the best drop after their first release with the reservations and then every subsequent release after that was horrible so <laughs> uh i don't know what the best system is they also i think they're not really it's like a centralized drop kind of correct me if i'm wrong frank but like i think like sometimes like the way that they do it is they're like doing it through the website and then they get the cards onto the chain later yeah or you're just yeah, yeah. you're doing reservations yeah. i like it's reservations how, yeah which like if you're kycing people why not do it that way like yeah why that's do it what on chain i was saying yeah. yeah that may have actually not been like some sort of like truncated or blocked off drop may, probably would have been better yeah oh no no i'm saying the way parallel that what you're describing makes sense. I'm saying for someone like Yuga. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Yuga okay. should have done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are saying the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I guess so, that's kind of where I'm at. So are you going up for the Murakami event? I know you got. I know you got some great plans actually coming up soon. Yeah, I'm going to the. I'm driving to Miami tomorrow to go to the Grand Prix. Uh, oh shit! F1 Grand Prix, first one I've ever gone to. Love that. Um, and then, well, I tried to get the ticket today. Actually, I did get the ticket. And then you they were, were one of the people who got it. Yeah. And then they're like, Spike, you got to try it again tomorrow. I'm like, this is, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, they canceled your ticket, ticket, right? I don't know how I managed yeah. you. The website was up for two and a half minutes. Like, you shouldn't just say, hey, you got to restart. I don't know. I don't know. So, so this is a big deal. Artifact, who created the, these NFTs, the clones that we've been talking about, like the vials and the shoes and everything, they got acquired by Nike. And they really haven't had much of a physical presence at any of these NFT events yet. So this is their first big yeah. one in New York. And Murakami is going to be there. And Murakami is going to be there. Um, are these? Wait, he's going to be at the the nighttime one or at the Gagosian? No, the, the 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 museum one. Yeah, yeah, the one that like we're all trying to go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you get in, maybe I get in, maybe we'll see each other there. But I'm kind of screwed because I do have a flight to New York regardless. And I have hotel booked with that are non-refundable. So I'm definitely hoping I can get in. Hey, you can have a great time in New York no matter what. Miami to New York, you know, you're going to be not that bad. 
That's funny. Yeah. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on all this land shit that's going on and like and like the trends? Like metaverse lands? Like yeah, like like it seems to me and this is just my opinion, but it's like I was all about the lands in the beginning, like I get the concept. But now it just seems kind of money grabby to me to be like, hey, I want you to pay for something that's not going to be usable for two years. And I expect you guys to hold the floor for that whole time. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so there's a few thoughts there. I agree like with sandbox. Like I had a couple sandbox lands. Um, I, I actually I had like the um, he was on my old podcast. I had like the CTO or CEO or whatever, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a cool I was cool interviewing him. Um, but ultimately the metaverse is just takes a lot of bandwidth to run um and like decentraland's probably the one that's doing the best out of all of them just because that because they actually have like they have like uh you can play like poker on there um there's like things you can do it all comes back to gambling with you doesn't it ruthless (laughs) (laughs) um but like there's just a lot of things you can do. They're also like the second earliest. I think crypto voxels is the earliest one, but it seems like people just like kind of vacated that one, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think that those are the ones that you should probably be betting on to do it. Well, not the ones who are like, Hey, we're an NFT. And then we're also like going to drop a companion. And now here we're doing land, you know, like it's like, Good luck, man. Like you started. So, but I will say that I do think that Yuga and other side is going to be the closest thing we're going to have to being like successful. Um, because, or out when it's not like the main lands and they may, I honestly put like sandbox to shame. I don't know if you guys have looked into it, but there's this company listed on the website called improbable. So there's board apes, like Yuga, then there's Animoca, which honestly I don't know what Animoca does at this point. Like it seems like they create they, they pay for all the happy hours at all these. Yeah, events. I don't know. Like it seems like they're they're doing stuff, but it, it, like I don't really know what that stuff is exactly. Looks like the, maybe they're they're a crypto game creator kind of thing. Like they're they're doing like you know the art. I don't know, but they do have Phantom Gardens coming out later this year, which is supposed to be like the sickest like game. Um, really. So that'll probably be that point where they're like, all right, like, you know, we've arrived. Um, but Improbable, Improbable.io is the website. They have, like, I did a deep dive on them. They've had, like, three investments by A16Z, which is obviously that Yuga's also invested in them. So it's like, hmm, I guess you guys should use this. And they have the guy, he's like a grad from Oxford in computer science and he's been focused since 2012 on building virtual worlds before nfts or even the term metaverse was in existence and yeah this i'm looking at the website right now it looks great <laughs> yeah there's some content that was coming out today about it um like the like dudes on twitch like showing that they could have like 15,000 people in like one server like uh, walking around wow. and it's like seamless um so Yugo with improbable if that succeeds like um that's going to be a rocket ship for all parties involved um because like if you can scale that many people on one server then like everyone's going to want improbable's tech 
because no one's solved that scaling is going to be the biggest issue in this so yeah if it can work like i think the metaverse is going to be sick but it wouldn't be a jpeg junkies podcast without me saying I'm betting on Biopills team and Bioland. <laughs> and Rufus, if you haven't heard of this team or this no, project, no, no. I, I'm, I have, I have, the, yeah, I forgot to mention them actually. They're the like, uh, though, all my friends I was talking about with like the horses, yeah. they all have like huge bags of pills and stuff too. Yes, and yes. So do I. And like, is um, that why you have the pill in your name? Yeah. So oh, yeah, because okay. you're addicted to painkillers. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not addicted to oxygen or anything like that. It's just like it's just like a subtle way. Of, but the problem is that it starts looking like, why does he have a pill in his name? Like, I don't get it because they've been grind mode for like months and they haven't really done anything. Well, I you want to talk my about pill. my mom was asking me about it today. How's the pill doing? And I was like, well, I kind of bought the top, and she's like, all right. And I was like, don't worry. Cause I tried to get her in at like half an ETH and she was like, no, I don't like these pills, you know, whatever. And I'm like, mom, they're at an ETH and change now. I'm buying this for you. So obviously I was wrong, but she's got, she's, she's, she's in the, uh, the bio pills metaverse. We're talking about moms. My mom does top shot. She'll text me every once in a while about whatever drop is coming up and just get like, I don't know, the five or $10 packs and see what she gets. She's an NBA fan. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, I was going to ask you, Ruthless, uh, mm-hmm. circling back to talking about metaverse and land. I had someone ask me this at a happy hour. And, you know, he, he asked, how do you define metaverse? And I, that wasn't really a question until it wasn't like super subjective until lately. But now it is. So I want to ask you, like, how you would define a metaverse. Well, you know what's funny about the term meta is that uh, magic players use like meta game for literally 20, 25 years. And it's just the game within the game. Not the game is the game, but the game is w- within the game. Yeah. So this is the universe within like the universe kind of, yeah. you know, and it's it's like you're basically, yeah, you're just building. I mean... <laughs> You know, when we start talking about like simulation theory and whatever, like, oh, are you one awesome. of those people? that's like everything's a simulation. I mean, I think that's kind of it's it's a weird it's, it's like a weird <laughs> thing to constantly say, like it's the sim. But I say it here and there. It's like, facts. It's facts. And if you don't believe <laughs> that everything is simulation, you are a sheep. Wake up. No. <laughs> there you go. But I mean, maybe there's this you can build a metaverse within the metaverse. I don't even know. But like, I know that's way too meta. But um, that's basically what it is. It's just like the digital, com- like the computer, and then you're actually building a world within the computer. You know, yeah. so you're create you're creating another like internal universe. Would you say online poker is a metaverse? Um, I would say no. Okay, that's just like a well. I mean, not. I, I never really thought about that. I think that's a pretty good question because like we are downloading this app and then we're all playing in real time and then chatting with each other in yeah. real time. So yeah. Kind of like, you know, so I mean, but I guess you could call like just about any eh, like game. I think if there's commerce, then it definitely makes it a metaverse. Yeah, maybe. I don't Runescape know. What about, um, what about doing a video call with your therapist? Is that the metaverse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe I've never actually seen my my therapist in person. So, um, it's always video calls 
So as far as I know, it could just it's just inside the computer. <laughs> it's someone at Yuga Labs talking to you. Yeah, exactly. I just I wish that we had a different term for metaverse because I feel like it's not very adaptability friendly. Because people are like, oh, that sounds fucking stupid, like metaverse. It kind of sounds sick, but like I think it sounds sick. But we're also fucking NFT fucking nerds and and gambling degenerates. And (laughs) there's two things I'll say to that. One, I really don't like. I don't mind that Mark Burst is trying to create his own metaverse. I do mind that he freaking killed the word meta. Like I, I, that word was pure for 25 years. We're chilling with it. We love it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I need to have that word. Like, no, dude, you're and you're and, and then you come out with like 50% royalties and stuff. Like, you don't get to have that word. Fuck that. Yeah. And yeah. then you know, I don't know. That huh. that that riled me up. Um but, it would be like if someone like copyrighted the word like strategy and like made their big billion dollar company named strategy. It's like you know, when LeBron took Taco Tuesday, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Like show some respect to the term i guess um but one word that i will say that i we need absolutely need to figure out is it's an eight syllable word try guessing it if you can that exists in the the, we we commonly use in crypto um an eight syllable word that we commonly i had to count it please call my tax attorney no It interoperability. Oh yeah. It was like like yeah. you ever try saying that? You you want to f- take a nap after saying that? I've never yeah. said that out loud, and I don't think I want to now after hearing yeah. you say it. Yeah, but like you can say like interoperable or whatever. But even that, it's just like, you, you're oh. saying the concept is really important, but the word is too long. Yes, it's kind of yeah. like how they they went That's... Web three instead of crypto. Like we need to to develop whoever thought of that. We need we need to get that guy on this topic. Yeah. So what does interoperability mean? Well, um, so I guess I literally freaked out uh, and, and a, a couple of weeks ago and bought these things called on-chain chains. Is an art blocks drop that... Oh, those are sick. Yeah. That like basically this like OG of the space. I trust OGs over like Web2 dudes coming in, by the way. Like there's an OG trying to do a project. I'm like, okay, this guy's seen like he's got the experience and he's got like the skills. Um, but sorry, going back. Um, it's like he showed a video of someone wearing his chain on a cyberconks inside like sandbox or some shit. Oh, so that's what that is. You, you, you'll be able to, it's kind of like the vials, I think to some extent, the new, um, like the skin vials that come with the shoes for artifact that you okay. can like, put over the shoe. Um, yeah. you can, uh, like change what you're, it's a wearable basically, but you can yeah. take it off, put it on, take it over to some other metaverse, like Decentraland wearable. That's Decentraland. But to go decentralized wearable to sandbox wearable. So he's actually done the work that everyone says they're going to do. And then it takes him months to make it interoperable. He, he's done it. He's planned ahead. Yeah, exactly. So he's he and, and like to my knowledge. And he was saying this is like the first instance of that. So uh, naturally, I freaked out and bought like 
I think to this day I may still have the highest buy because I wanted to get a rare one, but I definitely freaked out thinking it was going to fly and it hasn't, but I have like seven of them that I don't plan on selling anytime soon. Cause I just yeah. think it's such a cool concept. Can we just steal from web two and just call it cross play? Like, isn't that essentially what it is? Right. Yeah. <laughs> cross cross, cross pressing. Do you know what was like so scammy about the, the cross? It was like politics. Uh, so rocket league, could have had Xbox, PS4, and um, uh, PC working, PC. but yeah. but like one of them like had like it was a power struggle of like yeah like, well, you can just flip the switch or something. I think it was Sony. It was Sony, yeah. right? And they just weren't doing it, so Xbox couldn't play with PC yeah. and PS4. That was a recent development in gaming, right? Like that used to always be a sticky thing. Yeah, and like oh, yeah, Fortnite kind of broke through. No, don't give Fortnite credit, bro. It wasn't Fortnite. It was like <laughs> PUBG. Um, yeah, it might have been I, PUBG too. I wanted to ask, this is just a random question that I wanted to ask you because you were talking about this the other day, but what can you tell us about Michael Phelps' poker strategy? <laughs> uh, I mean, he was very uh, – he didn't play enough hands. Yeah, That's what I was always is always um, – His hands well, are too you- big. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean, like just in general, or like at a time? Like, like there's a, there, no, like there's a phrase called like tight or um, loose, and like mm-hmm. if you're tight, um, you don't play many hands. Okay. If you're loose, like you're loose with whatever your like hand ranking is, you do a lot of, you play a lot of hands. So he was just considered a nitty tight player, and nitty's also like kind of like another word for tight, where you're just like. When he puts in chips, he's generally not bluffing. <laughs> so, I mean, granted that that was, you know, everyone changes and gets better, but that's kind of like after after a while, there's this meta kind of like, uh, you know, uh, known about a player or something. It's like kind of like his profile. And that's, I would imagine that's kind of your natural reaction if you're trying to get into poker and you're worried about getting taken by a bunch of pros, right? <laughs> um, Kind of. Or no. No, honestly, I think it's really psychological. Um, it really like if if you let's say you saw um, trying to think of like like uh, like he, Drifter shoots for example, that dude is climbing like uh, skyscrapers with no parachute, not giving a fuck. You think that guy's gonna be tight? No, that's blasting. <laughs> He's be playing a lot of hands, you know. And it's like, oh, you get like an accountant or something. Accountant comes and like is sitting down. And he's like he values money, so it's gonna be really hard for him to disassociate. And initially, he's gonna be like, "I have aces, you know, I have the best hand," kind of thing. Yeah, that's facts. I think going in with big balls and being like, "Yo, like I'm putting down mad chips on every every hand," kind of freaks out the competition a little bit if they're pros, you know, kind of puts them on edge. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, if you come in with that swagger, it's definitely going to get people off of there uh, see, see. You know, for a little bit, a little bit, though, because you got to know when to tone it down and behave because eventually they will figure you out because they're. Yeah. Players. That's a lot of that's a big problem with like. um, The recreational players, like new players, or even like amateurs, they don't. Like they'll start a certain way, but then they don't like adjust once things stop working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the comparison to like the meta of like Magic the Gathering and stuff, like that's really interesting. I hadn't 
thought about how you really have to be thinking about your play style at all times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it gets, maybe it's obvious. So I'm just an idiot. No, it, it gets, it's not something you consider when you're first. Yeah. When you play poker, you learn how to play poker. So it's kind of like level like one and you're like, and then you have to learn how the hands work. And then they have to learn like how, like, you know, like all these other things, like certain, like, uh, the way this flop came, like if it's all diamonds, like what do I do here? And then like if, if it's all like if it's like a paired board, you know, there's all it becomes like very much very intricate. So and then you have to think about who you're playing against. If you're trying to go from like level one to level two or whatever, is it more about repetition, just getting hands in, or is it about going and playing like at yeah. the casino? Is it about quality of opponent? It, it's just I think it's mostly about well, you know. If you're starting out, like don't go play a thousand dollar hands or whatever against pros, you know, I would recommend being smart about it, but eventually you do have to like, kind of like mesh the two. So it's kind of like, do you, how you could be naturally good at it and just have understand poker very well, or have some knack for the feel of, of people around you and how they're feeling and stuff. But at the same time, you really just need to get a lot of reps in. And eventually the patterns just kind of, you just start seeing patterns after a while. Like there are certain things that if I play with um, a player after a couple of hands and they're doing certain things, I already know like kind of how they're going to play. Yeah. Makes sense. It's hard. It's yeah. It's like, it's, you know, it's not something that you can be like, well, yeah. So there's, there's like very simple uh, adjustments you can make that would make your poker game so much better that so many people do not make because they're just like, they have bad uh, assumptions of how they have to play poker, if it makes sense. Yeah. So like, okay, I'll so, just give you one, for instance, yeah. like someone will make it four times the big blind when they open, when they put money in a pot. So okay. let's say it's like I $2. do that sometimes. So yeah, hopefully it's, it's not bad. It's $2. <laughs> it's $2, you know, big blind. They will make it eight when they have like a strong hand and then mm -hmm. everything else will be five or six. Yeah. But like they're doing it to protect themselves. But like now you're telling every other opponent that you only have like eight hands in that range. As opposed to having the entire hand that you're like, let's say you, you raise like 30 hands from that position. You're basically saying like, when you make it four times big blind, you only have seven or eight of those 30 hands. So it's so oh. much easier to play against you. And even worse, when you make it $5, you're telling me you don't have those seven or eight strong hands that should be in your range. I never oh, yeah. thought about that. God damn. You know what? I'm about to go into some <laughs> online poker room <laughs> right after this. Go for the join Ruthless so I can take a – we'll put up your, uh, your half, half an eighth and then we'll play for it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, do you think I'm I'm gonna rattle off some names real quick, ruthless, uh, and you tell me if you think they're good poker player or bad poker player? Okay. Okay. All right, Vitalik. Uh, probably a good poker player. Yeah, you think you could take him? I think he's just too intelligent to be bad. Okay. But occasionally you do run into bad, like, but and also he, he, bad smart people. Yeah, you do occasionally it happens, but I think he's just okay. far too intelligent. Okay, what about Andre from Yearn? Uh, probably like middle of the road. Uh, just because he's uh, talking about Antonopoulos, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, 
just because like he seems kind of like he would be very like maybe by the book but never really do anything like too creative this is like getting horoscopes this is great (laughs) what about uh what about kobe um man i think he would be really good um and just blast like he would just not give i mean are are we talking we're talking about kobe and present day kobe you know like I'm too rich to give a fuck, Kobe. Like, yeah, yeah, not Kobe would, Bryant. You would not want him at your table because rich people, the rich whales that I would play with, like the best, like, or sorry, yeah, in the high stakes games where it's like all of a sudden there's thirty four thousand dollars on the table, they want to see you squirm when they put their money in. So Kobe wants that. He wants vengeance. He would just love to just like make people uncomfortable at the table you will like just throwing money around like uh like you're saying those streamers were playing the other day just like five hundred thousand dollars on the table yeah he he would be that guy yeah <laughs> you uh, you gary v archick and beanie are all at the same table <laughs> <laughs> who's walking away with the pot i mean well i i think it goes without saying that uh it will be me uh but i'd say gary v would probably beat the other two he'd put up a decent fight well the other two would have like their whole teams there because they're they're not really a real person <laughs> yeah, he, they would they would like, it's take, like a um, collective of 10 people they would use like <laughs> lifelines and they would get up and like like kind of just or they there was actually a huge scam where some dude had a microphone under his like hat and he would just be like Whoa, you know like, in like a tournament in, in like a it was, dude it's it's even worse it was a Twitch live stream for weeks where this dude would just like do this, like hold his hand up against his ear and then like kind of press his like, like and the microphone would be like under his hat. And then he would get the whole cards from the dude in the back room who can see it, who's commentating on it. What? Yeah. And then they threw it out of court because they got a terrible lawyer to defend him. Or like the people that like wanted to sue him, they threw it. Really? They got away with it. (laughs) That's also some shit you see on like television. Like that's some Ocean's Eight stupid shit. Like, yeah, it it was. (laughs) What's your favorite casino or like poker movie? Ocean's Eleven, easily. Yeah, same. Yeah, I love that movie. It just thinks heist. It's got like the glitz and glam. All the actors are like at the height of their, um, you know. acting career um actually the so like uh our um zed run um stables called zerga farms and we got that name from lyman zerga from oceans 11 and what's even more wild is that we didn't realize it until some dude brought it up in a offhand comment on twitter that Lyman Zerga got his start. Like he has a scene at the horse track in the movie. And remember it's like some dude comes up to him in the casino is just like, uh, Hey, like Bucky, it's a Larry from Saratoga, you know, and like trying to yell at him. And it's just hilarious that when we realized that somehow we had named this, like that was kind of very sim. Like I was about to say, you, you beat me to the punch. I was about to say, if that doesn't prove our simulation, (laughs) then I don't know. It does. Yeah. So 
I I guess real quick, uh, could you just tell us like what you do over at Zerga? Is it just like a collective of you, you collectively own the horses, or do you are you actually making like lots of decisions? Um, or? I'm not, I'm not really uh, anymore. Um, but like one of the guys just like runs um the stable and does breeding and does like puts the horses in the rate and like uh, just to race them, and then like you know we there's big there's big races here and there um and it's he loves it um it's very much uh uh like i don't know if you know like linus caldwell uh that's his uh like twitter name or whatever but he's very much into the whole world of like just zerga and loves the like sifting through data kind of thing and unfortunately for me that's when my brain turns off and my add turns on um so, you know, and it's like there's a lot of nuance to it, and he's really good at it. So you're not going to make a real-life stable anytime soon? Actually, that would be fun. I'd be down to that. Just like, I mean, yeah, investing in it. That sounds cool. Watching, I, I like horse racing going there and, want, and betting on them. Yeah, we got a big one coming up. Yeah, in a, like a month or so, a couple weeks. I... Never have been. Uh, uh, well, I guess I can't say I've never been to a horse race since we used to go drinking at one every year. But I've never like gone to like bet. But I was a big fan of um, at Dave and Buster's. It's this old school racing game. It's like derby where you can raise your horse and like race it, and it's literally like Zedron, but in person. Oh, it's they have really that cool. in the casino now, where oh, you really? put in like you just pick who you want to, uh, you know to bet on and then they'll yeah. just run around but they're like the old like um back in the day you know horse tracks but it's it, so it has like the the visual like the video representation going on and then it has like these horses on like some tracks that are physical horses running around like in like a bubble um little like horse track i'd have to it's hard for me to describe because you gotta yeah. send me a picture like, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but you, you ever play like bubble hockey Mm-hmm. where it's kind of like you're you're using the um like kind of like the foosball uh little stick things the handles and stuff yeah to, that's what that's the type of horses that are in there and they're just going oh, around wow. tracks and and they're mirroring what's on the video um uh, and that's who you bet on them so it's a pretty fun like little casino game damn you should have told me that i'm about to go to the mgm right now yeah, be careful with that one because that one can that one is not really uh, a winner. Yeah, I love the one though where it's just like the animated horses that race every one minute, and people just sit there at the bar and gamble and gamble. It's called Kino. Oh, I've it's like the, it's like the dumbest thing. Like the odds of every horse is predetermined, and so you just sit there, and it's like state sponsored gambling welcome yeah that's how it works people we everyone just falls for this stuff so i know we're coming up on time but we we have a couple questions that we normally ask our guests um frank do you want to ask your question first i do um i didn't change my question last episode did i no same same one same question my question (laughs) for you is can you explain what nfts are and then if you have time and what you what you do with them as if you're explaining it to my grandma in 60 seconds (laughs) 
Okay. We should do that. We'll give him sixty. We'll give him sixty. Add the the the, the timer. Like I'm saying, like you're talking well, to so. my grandma because I'm gonna play this for her and ask her if she understands it. Okay, that's a good test. Are you starting it? Oh crap! Okay, so you're going. So basically, um, the art. You see that piece of art on the wall? If you put that on a computer, you make like a picture. Um, you will like so that's a digital digital image. And but let's say like someone steals, fuck, I damn, you got me good, you got me good. Okay, um, so the NFT, a non fungible token, is a token. It is the tech behind whatever is represented for with the token. So let's say it's an art piece. The token is behind the art piece to give it um, legitimacy and to keep it from there being fraud. Also. If you sell this to someone else, the artist will get royalties forever. So I think that is pretty much what is so cool. You can use it for ticketing, gaming, um, art, music. There's so many applications. And uh, yeah, that's what NFTs are, I guess. That was amazing. You know, even you had a little little fumble, but you recovered the ball well and then came back strong. Yeah, I had I had to gather my thoughts. You know, sometimes less is more. Taking a few seconds off. There yeah. you go. Exactly. Um, last question is: uh, as we talked about earlier, I'm a big gamer, so I'm always interested to know like what games you played growing up, kind of mimic or remind you of like the the current state of the NFT market. Um, well, I mean, poker, just, there's so many, <laughs> so many, uh, similarities. It's like, and, then, and then the parallels, you gotta, you gotta go into, into detail. Well, I mean, like we're using incomplete information to hope that these projects are doing okay. And you're using incomplete information to hope that your hand is good against this player. And you don't know until you, the reveal, you know, either way, um, you're looking at like stats and data, different, um, points, like like to figure out like if a project's good if the it's going to go up or not if like the game is good it, and and just like stuff like that um the incomplete information of like having to buy something on secondary is very much like poker you know like sometimes you go all in and you don't know if the move is right until like they have it like until it's up <laughs> yeah or until they're like thinking about it and you haven't gotten called right away and like sometimes when you're staring at spending twenty thousand dollars on an NFT on secondary that you think is goodbye, but you don't know is a goodbye, that's such a mindfuck. Uh, but that's very similar. Um, but as for like like games, Magic the Gathering definitely got me onto poker, which kind of got me into this. Um, FIFA, I picked up uh, Mario Kart. Like I started playing Nintendo when I was like five. Um, like Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo 64, like, and then, then I went to Xbox. Rocket League is an uh, unreal game. Um, Rocket League is a classic. Yeah, it is. It's like when my friend, like, I, I love racing. I love sports. I used to play Madden growing up, too. My friend explained Rocket League to me. I was like, this is the game that, this is the game, this game is made for me. Specifically, yeah. like, what the fuck? So, I mean, those games, I'll always play Rocket League. I'll probably play FIFA here and there. Formula One, I've been playing a lot of this year. I want to get like a rig, like one of the chairs that you have. Oh, yeah. I got a buddy who's looking to get rid of a rig if you want it. I am interested. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to ship it out to me in in L.A. You're talking about like iRacing, right? Yeah, I'd love to try that out. 
That looks so cool. I see. I, I follow a bunch of TikTok uh, accounts that Same. only do that. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it'd be sick doing Rocket League in the iRacing setup. I all of the above. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's it for the questions. Unless you have any more, Frank. No, no, I think that's it. Uh, Ruthless, where can people find you online? And um, do you have anything to show? Twitter, uh, uh, just R-O-O-T-H-L-U-S. Um, uh, you know, there. And I'd say uh, the thing to shill is I just started a project called uh, Verse Management. Um, and basically, I, I just helped last week, helped a... Uh, like a photographer or sick photographer named Jim Krantz get on to into NFTs. So we got him. I, I was able to, I had him apply to super rare. He made a video, he got in and then we uploaded like three of his NFTs and stuff uh, or he did. Um, but like, I, I like helped him was like, you got, you know, this is what this means. Like, you, Oh yes, you're going to have to pay gas multiple times and then everything. <laughs> and, um, but it, it, that's been fun because it's just like, kind of like this guy's an expert in his field but he doesn't have time to understand NFTs. And I came in and started helping him. So I'm starting to kind of manage people and consult um, for, you know, whenever someone just needs like some help who just doesn't get NFTs, maybe your grandma after hearing my, uh, you know, my pitch to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's at, she's actually pitched a couple. She's got like a neighbor who was like an animator and she's like, you got to help him upload NFTs. So maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe send them your way. There you go. And what's uh is the company like is it like a Twitter or a website people can go check there's out? nothing really up for it. It's more just, just you. Like if you're yeah, I mean it says in my profile, but that's about it for now. I'm just kind of keeping it very like low rent until uh things uh get moving. But yeah, Great. it's definitely like I mean, I have a client. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean that's all you need. Yeah, you, exactly. In fact, you don't even need a client to be a business. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so if you're looking to onboard someone who's a talented creator. Send him Ruthless's way. There you go. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us today, junkies. Uh, DJ, you want to say goodbye to our listeners? Goodbye, beautiful listeners. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope you guys don't go to the casino after this with the tips that Ruthless gave you. Uh, or but if you, you sit at your table so you can beat them. Okay, there we yeah. go. There we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Rufus, thanks for coming out. I'm definitely going to take you up on a little 1v1 poker action one of these days. What's up? Yeah. Well, we'll see yeah. you in New York. Yeah. Are you, uh, Frank, are you going too? Or are you just going to possibly mosey there? Oh, I'm up. I'm up. Oh, yeah, cool. and I have a I have I'll an apartment in New York um, that I grew up in New York. So it'd be easy oh. to go back, go back there. Uh, we just got to get our tickets right again. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. <laughs>